Welcome to The Thought Hackers, the show where you will learn how your mind works and discover how to change your thinking from leading experts and through inspiring stories. Good day, everyone. My name is Nathan Siegel. I'm here with my colleague Hamish Baston out of Australia, and we are The Thought Hackers. With us today is Michael Lepo. After a successful career in sales, marketing, leadership, and consulting, Michael devoted himself to the study and application of healthy living, wellness, fitness, and peak performance. After a careful study of the brain, he developed a life-changing health, wellness, and weight loss video program. Through this program, he lost 77 pounds and counting in nine months. His You Will Succeed program teaches you how to train your brain so you no longer crave and are addicted to processed carbs and sugar-laden foods. Through this program, you will lose weight, live healthier, have more energy, and say goodbye to everyday ailments, colds, and weight-related illnesses. Michael, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Well, thank you. It's, it's great to be here, and uh, I look forward to uh, speaking to, uh, to both of you this evening. Thank you. Yeah. Welcome. So, could you give us a, a bird's-eye view of your journey? Yeah, well, uh, well first of all, th- once again, thank you for having me on. Um, really, just to, uh, to go back just a little bit, um, I was somebody who, without even realizing it through my whole life, I'm almost, uh, almost 54 years old now, through, uh, through most of my adult life, I was somebody who, like most people, I ate whatever I felt like eating and uh, exercised here and there, but always kept in decent shape. But just as you get older, um, you realize that you uh, things have to change because you just slowly put weight on. You just slowly uh, just cannot be as active as you were when you were 18. So what happened with me is that um, I uh, spent the better part of the last 20 years always being probably 30 to 70 pounds overweight, and I would try various uh, diets, to lose weight in exercise programs, and uh, all of them would work for uh, a week, a month, three months, and then sure enough, the weight would come back on. And I got to a point about 10 or 11 months ago where I uh, tipped the scale at uh, the scale at uh, over 270 pounds. I'm just over six feet tall, and. Um, I sort of just had a, a revelation that uh, things weren't good. I went to the doctor. He gave me my checkup, and uh, sure enough, I was showing signs of being pre-diabetic. Uh, he talked about cancer as something that would be happening or could be happening. Uh, along with that, you know, I had all sorts of body aches and pains, and my knees hurt, and my back was always killing me, and you know, heartburn and all these things. I probably was taking 10 different pills a day for various things. And I just realized right around then that if I didn't make a change completely, um, I wouldn't be around that much longer. And I'll just give you one more piece of information, then I'll, I'll let you ask any questions. I, uh, it was around that time I went away to... Um, uh, on a little beach vacation with my family, and I was in the on the coast of uh, <clears throat> the west coast of Florida, and I remember seeing all these people who looked like they were 80 or 90 or even 100 years old, just power walking up and down the beach, and all of them was skinny, 
as you can imagine. They were so skinny, but they had so much energy, and they were just they, they were just walking so fast. I couldn't believe it. And then I also looked on the beach, and I saw um, other people who were not quite as old, but were her, who were very overweight, um, and they weren't doing anything. And when they did walk, they were using walkers or canes, and they were hunched over, and they were probably only in their 60s. And so it just kind of hit me in saying, well, what's my quality of life going to be in 10 or 20 years if I don't start taking off weight and keeping it off? And, you know, what is that going to do to me? And as it was, you know, I'd already have bouts of, I don't know if you'd call it depression, but sure as heck I was, you know, I wasn't happy. And there was many days where I was just, you know, I'd eat a bag of chips or a pint of ice cream. And so on and on it went. And then uh, basically I sort of hit my breaking point. And uh, if it's okay with you, I'll I'll give you that story and then a couple other bullet points. Would that be okay? Absolutely, yes. Yes. Okay. So, so an interesting thing happened. These things were all bubbling up in my head, and my my wife urged me to get onto some type of health program. And I said, uh, "No, I, I don't want to do it. I can, I'm fine." And finally, I said, "Okay, fine. I'll call into this 800 number for your company, and I'll talk to this health person who will set up my appointments and get me on some type of health program." And there was a video call, and the person who was doing the video call with me, who was just the person to take down my, my, uh, my schedule when I could participate, uh, it, was, it was kind of a strange thing. She was a very obese woman. And it was, first of all, it was kind of strange that somebody who would be working for a health organization was, was probably over 300 pounds. So that was, it was kind of strange. But number two, what happened is we were talking, um, <laughs> We started, she started talking to me about how unhappy she was being so overweight. And I started talking about how unhappy I was being overweight. And the next thing I knew, we both started crying. And at that time, as we were talking, I should tell you, I was eating a piece of cheesecake as I was doing this, oh this health program. And right along that time, when we started crying, I, I took the piece of cheesecake and threw it in the barrel. And I've never looked back. And that was sort of the uh, the final straw that broke the camel's back that that, uh, that evening. And uh, what I decided to do from that moment forward was to say, okay, I've tried diets before. They don't work. What I need to do is change the way I think, but I also need to find out what is sort of the psychology or physiology of my brain. What is causing me to constantly overeat the way I do and eat the junk food I do? So that's where I spent uh, a good probably a good four to eight weeks reading every article I could find on the brain that has a, how it relates to food. And that's where I sort of had my breakthrough. I came, came up with a, a collection of articles that I read, and then I basically finally realized what was going on. And I can read you just a paragraph on the two key parts of this. It was actually a final article I read on Scientific America. And it really was just talking about um, why you overeat, and how do you break your food cravings addiction? And so let me just read you the, uh, the reason why you overeat and then how to break your food cravings addiction. And that will open up you know, all sorts of questions. So the first part is why do you overeat? And the research has shown that the brain begins to respond to fatty and sugary foods even before they enter our mouth. So merely seeing a desirable item excites the reward circuit 
As soon as a di such a dish touches the tongue, taste buds send signals to various regions of the brain, which in turn responds by spewing the neurochemical dopamine. The result is an intense feeling of pleasure. Frequently overeating highly palatable foods saturates the brain with so much dopamine that it eventually adapts by desensitizing itself, reducing the number of cellular receptors that recognize and respond to neurochemicals. And so consequently, the brain of overeaters demands a lot more sugar and fat to reach the same threshold of pleasure as they once experienced with smaller amounts of, of, of food. These people may, in fact, continue to overeat as a way of recapturing or even maintaining a sense of well-being. So the old expression of, you know, why you can't just eat one chip or, you know, why you can't stop eating that bad food is because you're constantly trying to get to that same level of, of pleasure or feeling good. And if, and if you keep feeding yourself those types of food, you're going to keep craving those types of food. Mm -hmm. So that's part number one told me right then and there. That's why every time I have a chip or a cannoli or a cookie, that's why there's, there's no way I can win that battle. And like all overeaters, every single person, I don't, I don't ever begrudge anyone in terms of their discipline. What happens is you've basically trained your brain for 20 or 30 or more years to eat a certain way. And if you stop it with some type of diet, you're going to lose because after two or three days of, of not giving your, your body and your brain that feeling, you're going to then go on a binge and then yep. eat more. And yep. so that's why, you have that, that's why you're in that yo-yo cycle, which you never end. And you know anyone who's lost weight, they always put more weight on afterwards. Mm. So, that's, that's, so that's reason number one of why you overeat. And then the second part is, is how do you break your food cravings addiction? And this is the second key component to all my research. And, it's, and it's, this is, these, these three lines are very important. Food addiction cravings can be similar to the effects of a cocaine or heroin addict experiences. The first crucial step, the first crucial step towards breaking free from physiological food cravings is to stop eating addictive, addictive foods. Just as alcoholics must abstain from alcohol to maintain sobriety, those of us with food cravings must stop eating chemically addicted foods like sweeteners, flowers, and processed foods. This is the only effective way to end the craving cycle. And the second part is really crucial. The second and equally important step is to maintain nutritional balance by replacing addictive foods with wholesome, nourishing foods, eating nutrient-dense food with balanced portions of protein, fats, and carbohydrates, diminishes and eventually gets rid of physical food cravings. Um, and as we establish a healthy food plan, healing begins and we rebalance our brain chemistry. So that, in a nutshell, is exactly what I've discovered and what I do on a daily basis. I, I have in my kitchen the biggest basket of fruit and vegetables you could imagine. <laughs> and so, and, and along with, you know, fresh fish and, and chicken and eggs. And so what I do on a daily basis is I make sure I only put into my body or, you know, the name of my company, I only put in positive fuel into my body every day, which basically allows my engine to run really well. That's all I do. And so I've rewired my brain from craving cookies to now yeah. I get excited about a new batch of grapes or apples. <laughs> and so if I do overeat and I have, you know, three apples instead of one, okay, Life goes on. So I've totally changed my brain makeup and how I look at food, and that simple switch is what is really the key 
to the weight loss, uh, you know, in terms of the weight loss and everything I do right now in my life. Yeah, I, th I think this is right up your alley, Hamish. <laughs> oh, the program, the, the, loving the stuff, what you're saying with all the, the mental programming, all the, the, the yeah. I'm actually reflecting on myself, with myself personally, with a lot of this stuff here, and it's like, yeah, I, I know how to get rid of this stuff, but I've I've got such bad programs of, of um, of what I eat. It's um, <laughs> I'm, I'm really connecting with this quite well, and just really very deeply listening to it. Um, but it's yeah, it's it's so important. Um, what were you going to say, Nathan? I was just going to say, and and you're right. Well, Hamish, uh, what you're saying is right, and you, Michael, what you're saying is right. And uh, yeah, I'm connecting with it as well. It makes perfect sense. Actually, uh, just to follow up on some of what you're saying, Michael, like uh, one of the problems that I've had over the years has been severe trouble with acid reflux. Now, my doctor was telling me even if I lost five pounds, it would make a difference. But one of the things I stumbled across a few years ago was when I was reading a, a newsletter. A guy said, if, if your health is bad in this particular way, and my health was really bad, my so much pain in my esophagus, uh, I thought if it didn't change, I wasn't going to be around for much longer. And so I read in this guy's newsletter that the two things that you need to cut out are uh, wheat and milk. And mm -hmm. within mm -hmm. a month... My symptoms had dropped so dramatically that I didn't need medication anymore. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I could I well, I relate mean, very well to what you're talking about. It's perfect. Yeah, I mean the the things that you eat. You know, this is you know people have asked me. Well, you know, they, I, it's funny because we everybody's been trained to count calories and all, and I'm like, stop yeah. counting calories. I said, if you eat nothing but healthy foods, and you're you know, I always say to people, you're intelligent, you know what healthy foods are, you don't, you know, just because something says low calorie doesn't mean it's a good food. You know, you know what, you know, and I always say, well, which one should I eat or how much? I said, I tell you what, for the next 30 days, 60 days, just eat, eat, go out and get fish, get chicken, you know, have, have fruits, have vegetables, just eat that, stay away from all the junk food. And every time you're hungry and you're, I, I said, don't starve yourself. I said, eat as much as you want. I said, I don't care if you have you know, that people talk about these four-ounce portions. I said, the heck with that. Eat whatever you need, but just eat that type of food. I did that, and literally, I think I dropped 25 pounds in the first month and 25 in the second, something like that. And mm. I can tell you right now, I've never eaten so much in my life. I never even come close to being hungry. And in terms of your, you know, you're talking about acid reflux, oh, my God. I went through a mm. bottle of Tums a month. I, I, I had five to eight tums a day because I had such bad heartburn. And, you know, my, my wife, I remember she, she, uh, she moved out of the bedroom because I was snoring so badly. I even, I, you know, she just reminded me that today. I forgot about that because I, because I was so heavy. And all, everything I had from snoring to heartburn to body aches, they're all gone. Everything mm. is gone. And so, yes, if you eat... Some of the right foods that definitely will take take away some some different things you have, but I am convinced. I am a hundred percent convinced that weight is a true killer, and we just don't realize it. And I think the reason we don't realize it is because everything tends to be so gradual in life, and so you you know you have that Twinkie or cupcake, and then 
you don't think much of it, but what happens is it's not the one Twinkie that you have. The thing you have to understand about your brain is that as soon as you have that sweet, you're triggering that dopamine in your brain to want mm-hmm. more. Yep. And so like people, like I go out, like people say, what do you do for exercise? Well, 10 months ago, if I walked to my mailbox, my knees hurt, my back hurt, and I was done for the day. Now, if I walk less than six or seven miles a day, I feel like I had a bad day. And so the walking might not be really taking so much weight off from me, but what it's doing is mentally clearing my head. I get, I think so clearly when I walk, I'm getting fresh air. It's lowering all my stress levels. It's relaxing me. Not to mention I get to see nature and breathe in the fresh air. And then right now it's chilly where I live, but when it gets warmer out, you know, I'll be on my bike every day as well. And mm. so it's all, these, it's all these little things that you do every day which are cumulative. And it's not so much that, oh, I'm going to you know, try to lose 45 pounds. I wouldn't worry about the weight loss. Just get the eating right. And when you can get mm. the eating right, what happens is the weight just naturally will come off. And I think people have it in reverse. They try so hard to lose weight, and they typically think they need to diet or they need to give up eating as much food, and the exact opposite is true. It's basically eat as much as you want, and you will take the weight off by eating the right things. And eventually, as you lose more weight, you won't need to eat as much because your stomach will be smaller, and you won't be as hungry. Mm. So it's, it, it's really not, it's, it's not rocket science, but I think, you know, just as a, as a quick point, what makes me absolutely just roll my eyes is you turn on the TV, and there's different Weight Watcher-type programs on TV, and with all these programs, they say, eat whatever you want, have a cupcake, have this. And they say, we have pizza. And what they're doing to these people is they're, first of all, buying this processed pizza, whatever the heck they concocted in their kitchens, but they're still not changing their way to look at food. They're just eating the same garbage, but it's been, but it's been recalibrated, re-engineered somehow, so you don't gain weight. But you're still mm-hmm. eating basically the worst food in the world, world for you. Yeah. Now, if you're able to handle eating a pizza and you're not like most people, like people who tend to be overweight, you know, they look at pizza differently. When they eat a pizza, that triggers the dopamine and they want more. Whereas somebody who doesn't have that issue, okay, it's no big deal. But hmm. people, you know, there's over, I think the statistic is 240 million Americans or 71% of the adult population is overweight. That's 240 yeah. It's 240 million Americans can't control how they look at food. That's so, astonishing. Yeah. I had no idea the numbers were that high. Yeah, I knew there were a lot of overweight people, but that's way worse than I had imagined. 71% <laughs> age 18 and older. 71% of the Americans. And it's, 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 a, uh, it's a crazy thing. Now, I look back to when I was in college and back then, you know, and even up until really a year ago, I'd have a pizza, I'd have all these things, but then I'd go, oh, I go to the gym for two hours, so it's okay. No, it isn't, because I was like an alcoholic, constantly, you know, re-triggering my brain to want more of that. And until yeah. you cut your brain off from that, you'll never, ever, ever be successful. You can't. I mean, mm. uh, you know, unless you, unless you exercise for 14 hours a day to make up for it. But then so, Michael, not, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, we're, you know, a lot of our, a lot of our listeners are, uh, you know, probably going to be emotional eaters where they, you know, things 
in you know with with depression anxiety the ptsd the the space that they're living in where the food is something that does make them feel good whether it be that pizza or a donut some some soda or whatever it is now they might be sitting here listening saying okay i understand what you're saying but how do i do it where do i start yeah and and that's and, and this and this is the key. This is the absolute key to the program. So, what you need to do, and I know it sounds terrible. Well, just stop. You know, you know, like how you know people are gonna say, well, how how can I stop? Well, this mm. is what you do. You literally you go to the supermarket and you load up and buy all the things that you know are good for you. Like and basically, if you go to a supermarket, if you just go to the edges of the supermarket, which is like 5% of the supermarket, if you just go in the supermarket and go way to the right or way to the left, yep. that's where the fresh foods are. Don't go yes. in the middle. The, the middle, of, the middle is, is not good. If you just go way to the right or way to the left, you're going to stumble into fish. You're going to stumble into chicken. You're going to stumble into every fruit and vegetable you can imagine. And so what you do is, what I call it is you arm yourself with the right ammo. And so what I do, like uh, like in a typical day or week, I will make sure that I have an insane amount of, let's just say, fresh apples and grapes. And then what I'll do every couple of days is go out and get some fresh fish or chicken. Or what I'll do is with like chicken, I'll make a stir fry that lasts me for five days and so I can always get it. So the main thing is what you need to do is have, uh, have this food at your beck and call whenever you're thinking about getting hungry. And, and, and preferably, before you get hungry, you should be eating. So besides your, your three main meals, you should be nibbling here and there. And so what happens to people who are like, oh, how, how can I do it? You know, if you get yourself into a state of anxiety or hunger, you're going to lose. You can't get mm-hmm. yourself in that state of hunger because we all know when we're hungry, we're going to grab whatever is easiest, which is typically packaged food, which is processed food, and that's the stuff that's going to kill you. So you have to have, in place of that, the apples and the grapes. I mean, I love fruit. I mean, I will eat apples and grapes. And the one, I can't wait for the, you know, the summertime with plums and nectarines and cherries and all those things and watermelon because, to me, that's the greatest thing in the world. And so, so to answer your question, the way you get started is you need to arm yourself with the right foods in your house. And until you have that in your house, you're not going to be successful because you're always going to reach for whatever's in your pantry. So until you can arm yourself with that, and then what will happen is eventually you'll start retraining or rewiring your brain in terms of what it likes to eat and how it looks at food. And and it'll so become a ha- and it will it will become a habit then to just be reaching for those sorts of foods. Yeah, you know, and So and how can, so how, can, how long does how long the people that you've worked with been through your program, how long does that habit take to create? You know, I got to tell you, um, there's no, there's me, no fixed number, but it's, well, 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 for me, it was very quick and I'll tell you why, because I was at a point where I said enough is enough. Yes. So if cute. a person, if a person is kind of just going through the paces and isn't very serious, then no, they're still going to fail because they're not really serious. You yep. need to decide you want to not only live, but what type of quality of life do you want to have as you get older and older? Mm. And if you don't have that conversation yourself, and if you're just kind of going through the motions, the answer to your question is, I don't think it will work. Yep. But the people that I, I know who have been doing this and I've been speaking with, they're serious and they're very focused. And now 
they're just like me, which is like they, they look forward to it. So the people who are very focused who want to do this, and I, once again, I'm not asking anyone to give up anything other than basically what I call poison. I'm just saying eat the things that are going to make you more healthy and give you more energy, make you feel better, make you feel mentally stronger. I mean, I, I got to tell you, I have more energy now than I, I can recall in 30 years. And it wasn't like when I was in college, I, I was in great physical shape in terms of being able to run and all those things. But I never felt this good because I was always poisoning myself with going out drinking on the weekends and eating pizza at four in the morning and Chinese food and all that stuff like typical college kids do. And so without realizing it, I always was sort of poisoning my system. So for me, this whole thing took, it took me less than a week to two weeks to kind of make the whole switch. And I just knew that I was onto something where, you know, the weight was coming off and I, I just... I didn't set out on this to develop a program for other people. It was all about myself. And after about three months into it, where the weight was just flying off of me, I had so many people coming up to me asking me what I was doing, I realized I needed to really kind of put everything down to paper and, and, and formalize this because I, was, you know, I had people kind of begging me to tell me the, sort of the secret. And um, so as I said, it, it, it really comes down to, number one, the mental desire to feel better in all ways, mental and physical. And then once you get that mental part down, um, I think the switch is pretty quick as long as you just, you know, arm yourself with the right foods. Yeah, the key thing that you're talking about is that getting to the point, as you mentioned earlier, enough is enough. Like when you were talking about being on the phone call with that or that video call with that woman yeah. you realized she was obese and you were eating cheesecake at the same time and yeah. afterwards you just yeah. chucked it in the garbage i mean i would say okay so what exactly was that breaking point what did it look like what did it mean how did it manifest this is the kind of stuff that our listeners really want to know uh, yeah what what happened it, in your mind when you hit that point what, what changed well you know i a few things i i have uh uh, I, I, I have uh, twin boys, well, I guess young men now. They're 18, almost, well, geez, almost 19 years old soon. They're in college. And so when this was taking place, they were uh, uh, just after their 18th birthday or so. And one of the big things for me was, you know, I really, really want to be able to do things with my children, and I want to see them get married and have children, and I want to be a grandfather and all those things. But also I just realized that, I was, I was getting to the point, I, I should tell you, I had gone to the doctor, and the doctor just ripped me to shreds a few months prior, just like every number I had was just, was, was horrible, from cholesterol to, you name it, blood pressure, everything was just horrible. And so even with that, I still didn't reach the breaking point. So what happened to me was, I, it was accumulation of all these things, and everything sort of just boiled up, and I just came to, you know, from going to the beach and seeing old people who were thin, to seeing heavy people, to seeing uh, people who weren't even that old, all hunched over. I mean, I saw all these things, and I realized, without having any official information, that I, I think it's kind of a fact that if you are thin, you're probably going to live longer and probably going to be, have a more healthy uh, quality of life. And if you're really heavy, I don't see too many really, really old heavy people. They're, they're usually hunched over and they're 
using walkers, and it, it just, it's not a great quality of life, and I want to be active. So it was all these things rolled into one where I just said, either I help myself, or this is going to just be another 20 years of the same process, but I also knew at the point, uh, in terms of a breaking point, I knew how much my body was hurting. I mean, mm. I, wasn't able to get out, I wasn't able to get out of bed many days. My back was killing me. My knees, my joints, everything hurt so much where I was popping anywhere from 4 to 12 Motrin a day because everything hurt. And I knew that couldn't be good. I knew that wasn't good for you. But it's an amazing thing. When you're, when you're trapped in sort of a, a, a mentally in whatever situation you're in, even though from, a, from an edu- educated viewpoint, you understand what you're doing is not good for you and you understand what you should be doing, uh, you still have trouble taking action. And so the action has to come from deep within where you just say enough is enough. You have to get to that breaking point. And for me, all those factors, uh, when I broke down crying with that woman on the phone, it wasn't just, you know, like, it wasn't just like, I don't, it was, well, the crying came out of the blue. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe I was, I was crying so hard, but... It was, you know, probably years and years of frustration. You know, I remember doing the, the Atkins diet, which was a big thing 10, 15 years ago. I dropped 30 pounds in 30 days eating meat and bacon and meat and more meat. <laughs> I went to the doctor and he said, you're going to die. <laughs> Your cholesterol's through the roof. Said, what the hell did you do to yourself? Like, I lost 30 pounds. He goes, stop doing that. You're going to die. And so I, I realized that it's not a diet. You have to find a way to have a different relationship with with food and use food uh, for what it's meant to be, which is to feed your body to keep you healthy and have your engine running well, as opposed to, I'm going to reward myself and have a bowl of ice cream. Well, you're actually hurting yourself. That blows me away mm. now when I think about that. And oh, here's the, I'll just give you one quick thing, which this was another huge turning point Um in July of last year, so I'm probably about 40 or 50 pounds off at that time, uh, I had my, my, my birthday celebration at my, my in-law's uh, retirement home, and they always, you know, get you a big birthday cake. And so we're driving over to this, uh, uh, we're driving over there for our luncheon, the luncheon, my wife, and I, I look at her, I say, you know, I hope you didn't order a cake or have them order a cake. I don't want all the people coming over singing with the cake and the candles. I said, I, I don't want the temptation of a cake. And, you know, and I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but I'm not going to eat the cake if it comes over. So we get there, and um, sure enough, the end of the meal comes, and I see everybody gathering in the corner, and I'm like, oh, God, you know, you got to be kidding me. So I kind of give her a kick under the table. I said, I, I don't want this cake. Well, they put it in front of me, and they start singing. I looked down, and it was actually the giant watermelon they had cut in half and put candles <laughs> that's that's so, awesome. So, so my 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 in-laws had got the had finally you know had understood what I was doing and they became a support system and they had fun with it. And so I think I have up on my Twitter feed. I have like a picture of me with a watermelon. It's it's a classic. It was one of the the, the coolest moments because they said people get it. So then I blew out the candles and I cut up the wa- the watermelon. And I had watermelon for dessert. And so, so, so your you know, family I, essentially became accountability partners in what you were doing. Ex- ex- exactly. And, you know, I, I just want to make it clear that, you know, for people listening, this is not, 
about giving up anything. This is about taking charge of your life and improving your mental and physical health. And, and you need to just realize that even though I know cannolis and cookies, they taste good. And, you know, I believe me, I was on the, you know, I'm, I've had more cookies and cake and all that stuff than anybody, you know, I used to just live on that stuff. And I know it tasted good, but the reality is when you, you, you have to understand that the food manufacturing companies are in business for a reason. And that is to get you to keep eating this stuff. So the food's been re-engineered to basically make it chemically addictive. And that's yeah. what it is. And so the sooner you can realize that, that you need to break that chemical addiction and that your new addiction should be craving, you know, the, the apples and the old expression, an apple a day keeps the doctor away is, is so true. And so when you start to reprogram your brain to understand what is actually good for you and not, you feel like you're breaking, breaking all sorts of uh, bonds and chains. And it's, it's really a wonderful it's just a wonderful way to live, and um, you feel so much better. It's just it's it's crazy how much healthier you feel. It's just it's mm. an amazing thing. Yeah, yeah. There's some great information there for <laughs> for people. Um, and uh, you know, I think one thing we've been finding a lot through here, Nathan, and we've been mentioning it quite a bit lately, is is this same thing that people need to be um, going through is the awareness of where they're at and what their life is is like and where they want to be, and then deciding to make the changes to make that happen. Yeah, I mean it. Yeah. I, I realize. I was just going to say, like this, like you said, that the biggest thing for you that kept you going at the very beginning was making that choice. This is what I want to be doing right now, and I'm going to, and that's all I'm going to focus on and do. And you, that decision is huge. Yeah, and, and people who have different mental illnesses, I, I've, as I've learned a lot about this recently. I've learned a lot more about that. And I understand that it's not easy, and there's, you know, I can't say there's any easy fix to any of these things, but you certainly can do things to, as I say, stack the deck in your favor as much as possible. Yeah, yeah. And yeah certainly, absolutely. Certainly being as healthy as you can uh, mentally and physically in terms of the way your relationship you have with food and I didn't even get into it, but your relationship you have with exercise, which is a very crucial part. Uh, mm. You get more feeling, feeling more and more, uh, you feel better about yourself. You'll start exercising more. It's just a natural progression. <clears throat> what will happen is you'll, you'll just feel mentally stronger. And so when certain things happen on a, day, a daily basis, and we all go through so much garbage daily of things that are just crazy, all the things that happen to us on a daily basis, which you know, can trigger emotional eating or trigger all sorts of negative emotions, what you'll find is that you'll be much more mentally strong to handle these things um, no matter what's thrown at you. And, yep. and that, that's, been a, that's been a huge part for me. I know that now I, I, very few things can sort of penetrate my, my skin like they used to, and I'm, I'm able to sort of just shake them off much more easily. And, and, not, and certainly I don't deal with them by eating the wrong food. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Great information. It's, um, we've gone a while with this one. It's <laughs> it's been great listening to it. So, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. been a it's been a good interview. This one. It's been uh, very different from what I was expecting. I don't know what absolutely. Amos was expecting either. But oh no! Absolutely. That 
I mean, have we mentioned? Has, has Michael mentioned his books? And we're not going to go into every one of them. I just want to make mention here that you've written over ninety books on yep. <laughs> on this sort of. I, you know, before I, I did this, I mean, I've, I've done a lot in the world of uh, business. So I've written a lot of books on leadership, on motivation, on management, on sales. Uh, I've written a lot of books recently as I've gotten older, just on travel and leisure, on coaching, on parenting, uh, just things that are of interest to me. But, you know, my, my background was somebody who was a, a very, uh, uh, I was very successful in the world of sales and marketing and management and and ran a lot of uh, a lot of companies and had a lot of nice titles and all those things when I was younger. And uh, so my my whole background is very much has always been to you know have goal setting and be very focused and then just go about things very methodically. And that's mm. kind of the same. I use that that background and training in terms of how I went about this saying, you know what, something's broken here with my brain. I mean, it, it's something I'm not getting, and I need to find out what's going on. And the more I researched it, you know, I just touched upon it very briefly, the more I researched it, I realized that the way that food is processed and re-engineered by these corporations is just, it, it's, it's, borderline, it's borderline tragic. What they do is they, these foods are designed to make you want to eat more and more and more of these things, and they just make you uh, less and less healthy. And mm. until you... Stop playing by their rules. Um, well, as I said, seventy-one percent of adults are obese. So there you go. So, so people, yeah. people, people are playing by their rules, and they're losing. And, yeah. and that's that's a big number. Yeah, no question. So, for people who are listening to us today, uh, if they want to find more information about you, where would they go? They could just go to my website, which is positivedailyfuel.com. And within the, uh, the website, there's some information. There's also information about the program. And I thought I should tell you also, I created earlier today a, um, a coupon code for your listeners. If they're interested in the program, there is a, uh, if they just go in and they just type in the word thought hackers, uh, the two mm -hmm. words thought ha hackers, uh, there's a coupon to give them a discount on the program as well. Thank you. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, my, my goal is to sort of spread the message um, to as many people who want to listen, and my goal is to you know, hopefully make a, a positive impact to have people you know, feel as, as good as I do. I mean, I live it daily. Um, I'm literally, right now, I am at the weight I was, I was probably at the weight I was at probably when I was about 19 or 20 years old. I've I literally have taken 10 inches off my waist. Mm. Um, I just, I, I wore over the weekend uh, a suit I bought for my wedding 24 years ago. It was the third time I had it on because after I wore it a couple of times, it became too heavy and couldn't wear it. So <laughs> I'm wearing clothes. Yeah, literally, I, I've got six new suits in my closet that have worn maybe 10 times total uh, that I bought during my wedding weekend and stuff. And um, it's just an amazing thing. I'm down to about a 34 waist size. I was at a 44, 44, maybe a 45, 10 months ago. Um, I mean, my clothes that, that I used to wear, I could use now is, you know, I, I got enough fabric there to, to take care of a lot of people. So it's just, it's a crazy, <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a crazy thing. I mean, um, it's just, it's, I mean, I'm actually right now in the planning stages for next summer to bike cross country. I'll, I haven't figured out the, uh, the cause yet, but I'll, 
I'll, I'll circle one or two causes and look to raise money and going to probably bike cross country with the, my children next, uh, probably the summer of 2019. And that's because I can bike right now, like two, two and a half hours while I'm breaking a sweat. I mean, it's like, it's, I mean, I can, I can, I'll go out for 50 or 75 miles on the, on a Saturday or Sunday and, you know, easily now. And I, I couldn't even, I couldn't probably bike two miles 10 months ago. Mm. So, um, it's just an amazing thing that you can do by, uh, the, the key is by taking care of your body. It's amazing also how much, how quickly your body rebounds from the stresses you put on. So you can exercise and you don't wake up and, and, and you're not sore for four days. You actually wake up and you feel, you know, feel pretty good the very next day. So it's, it's mm. just everything. I, I kind of believe like I, I kind of joke with my friends that I've kind of found the, uh, the fountain of youth. And I say that because I I feel like I'm 18 again. So yeah. it's, oh, very nice. It's, it's you know so it's it's all good, and um, I'm really been happy to be able to share this information with you and your audience because it's it's something very near and dear to my heart. Thanks yeah. for being with us thank, today. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks very much, Michael. Yeah, my my pleasure. So for those of you who have been listening, my name is Nathan Siegel. I'm here with my colleague Kamish Baston out of Australia. We are the Thought Hackers. With us today has been Michael Lepo. Thank you for listening, and we will catch you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Thought Hackers. And regardless of where you are on your journey, whether you would like to be a guest and share your story, or if you are still living with pain each day, please get in touch and we will help you where we can. Simply send an email to hamish at thethoughthackers.com.